your student desperately needs you to coach them up and how to navigate the content and culture today. You're listening to the Parent Equip Podcast. Parent Equip is a resource provided by Inglewood students that's meant to come alongside you as you seek to train your child to reflect God's character and extend his kingdom. Love God, love people, serve the world. Listen, I I do not want to um, pretend like I have some kind of keys to success to parenting. I'll show you real quick. This is um, me and my wife, Rebecca. We got married a little bit over a month ago, and we didn't even know how to cut the cake at our wedding. So much less do we have any more insight on how to parent or how to raise up a generation of people who love the Lord any better than you guys do. But there are some things that we know that are a little bit unique to our role. Reba serves, Rebecca, sorry, Reba is what I call her. She serves as a uh, teacher to middle school students at White Station Middle School. Um, she teaches English as a second language with people from all over the world, does an incredible job with it, and uh, she is such a blessing. Um, and then also for me, I serve with middle school students, as Camden said, and I, I've worked with sixth graders, seventh graders, and eighth graders for really probably the last six or seven years or so. I remember when I first started, uh, Jason Pyron, he asked me if I would come on and serve as the middle school uh, student pastor at our campus, and um, I told him, I said, there's no way I'm hanging out with those students that don't wear deodorant, and they can't drive. I said, it is not happening on my watch. Um, And he said, just pray about it. And so I did, and very quickly, the Lord opened the door for me to step into that role. And after about three months, I realized just how incredible that age is. And I began to realize the foundations that are laid in sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade that are used to build upon for high school, college, and beyond. And I really do believe this. I believe that those ages, those early teenage years, are some of the most pivotal years for a student in their journey. And that's why I'm very passionate about investing into that age group. And I don't want to bore you guys, but if you were to read through, like, when a brain is developing the most, um, normally, what they would say from science, they say that the number one spot where the brain is developing and building habits is between ages one and three. And y'all, anyone parents in there, you can attest that those ages are really just exponentially developmental for those, those kids. The second time in their entire life when their brain is going through the most change in developmental, like, like um, neurological, like reshaping is during those years of 11 to 14 years old when they're going through puberty again, right? So it's not just physical changes. It's also like biological changes in their brain. And what happens is the whole thing like basically crashes and you push reset and they're rebuilding what they believe, what they think, how they operate. That is all happening in the ages of those middle school years. And so that's why I'm very passionate about seeing students build a biblical foundation in those early years. And so that's why today I want to talk to you guys um, through something that some of you may already know about, but it's the idea of culture and content. And my hope today is to give a clear um, pathway of where we're going for tonight. Number one, I want to convince each and every one of you that staying relevant with today's culture and content is important. 
Any amens in the group? All right, all right, no one yet. All right, don't worry. We're going to heat y'all up in a minute, okay? I want to also equip you in staying engaged in today's culture and content. So not only will we say it's important, but I want to give you the tools and the resources to start if you maybe feel like this is a big task. How can you stay engaged with what Gen Z is facing every single day? And then last but not least, I want to challenge you in teaching your students to filter through today's content and culture in a healthy, biblical way. Because the reality is, Deuteronomy 6 was true in Moses' day just as much as it is in 2023. The mom and dad is the primary disciple maker for every student who goes through the the life of their student years. You are the primary disciple maker. Camden is not the primary disciple maker of your student's journey. It is you as the mom and dad. And so I just, I'm not here to necessarily preach a sermon tonight. My hope tonight simply is this. I want to just challenge you and hopefully equip you in being better equipped to navigate culture and content today so you can help your student do the same in a biblical and healthy way. Y'all with that? Is that okay? Are y'all cool with that? All right. I promise um, I will not go very long, okay? All right? I don't want to take up too much of your time tonight, but I do want to go through a couple things real quick that walk through just where we are going with culture and content. Um, I believe that parents today are at a major disadvantage to their students in regards to staying relevant and up-to-date with culture and content. It is such a challenge. And some of you in the room are thinking, why does it matter that I know about what's happening with Fortnite or that I know who Mr. Beast is or who Jake and Logan Paul are? Like, why does that matter for me? Some of you are like, I don't even know who any of these guys are or what a Fortnite is, okay? But here's the deal. Tonight, we're going to walk through ways that you can start plugging in and engaging with some of these areas. And here's my here's my big reason. Your student desperately needs you to coach them up in how to navigate the content and culture today. If you are uneducated about the culture and unequipped in navigating through the content, how will you be able to teach your students to apply biblical principles to what they face every single day? If you're not informed and if you're not equipped, How can you practically help them to navigate today's challenges through a biblical manner? It takes knowing what the enemy is doing. It takes knowing what the world is dipping their toes into to be able to combat it in a real-time effort. Like That's the goal behind every parent as they're dealing with the content and culture today. We struggle with something we call too much, too soon. Too much, too soon too soon. That's what every student is facing on a daily basis. You see, for us growing up, typically, for most of us in the room, we were going through different stages of middle school, high school, college, early adulthood, middle adulthood. Some of you guys are still in that season right there. And as we got older, our access to the content grew in almost a step fashion with it, you know? You get a cell phone, it starts to up the ante a little bit. You, you're riding, you know, the school bus, you know, back in the day, and you're learning new content on the back of the bus, you know? You're going to college, you're learning new things. Like, it's kind of pro- progressive. The, the reality today is that if a student has access to a cell phone, 
that doesn't have the parameters on there to block things or not see things, they have the ability to access everything that someone who is 60 years old could access at that time, all the way down whenever they're just 10 years old. Like, it, it's a reality that they have all of the tidal wave of information at an earlier age than we ever did. So they're getting the information, this mature content, too much, too soon. When I think about that, for me, like I think about that, I, I realize whenever I was growing up in middle school, I wanted to be, like I, I talked about the back of the bus. I used to sit on the back of the bus, and on the back of the bus is where I learned so many new things all the time. That's where the cool kids sat, and I wanted to sit back there. And I remember one of the kids on the back of the bus used these phrases, and I was like, I don't know what that is. And so I just took it and put it on layaway, you know, and I was going to hang on to that one because it got a good laugh. And I remember being at home at my house. I was on the phone with my friend Chris on a three-way, you know, the cord that you had on the wall in the kitchen. You, Yeah. I was on the phone with Chris and my other friend, and we were chatting back and forth. And the girl on the phone made a joke at Chris. And I responded with the phrase I heard on the bus. I didn't know what it meant. I just knew it seemed like it was a punchy thing. And I told him, I said, Chris, you just got laid. That's what I said. Yeah. Nora O'Hara, my mother, who is a saint, came all the way from the other side of the house, came marching in, grabbed the phone, real 1990s style, and slammed it against the wall because she knew what I just said was very inappropriate. And y'all are all in the room. You're with me, right? You're like, that is so inappropriate. But as a middle schooler, I did not have the framework or the understanding to know what that phrase meant. And I just blurted it out without having the know-how of knowing what that meant and what I was saying. And a lot of students today are being exposed to content left and right, and they don't have the tools to know how to navigate it, to know whether it is appropriate, inappropriate, whether it is, like, whether the, the content they're searching through is profitable, fun, good content, entertaining content, or what is harmful, challenging or evil content in front of them. They don't know. Imagine growing up, going to the, um, uh, anybody like, like sushi in the room? Anybody like sushi? Sushi's made its way to, to Jackson and Milan. Okay, perfect, good, yeah. Um, so growing up, we did not eat sushi at all, but I remember my friend, my college pastor, he took me to a sushi restaurant, and we went to the sushi buffet, and they had that conveyor belt that comes around, you know what I'm talking about? And it has all the different sushis on there, and I didn't know what I was grabbing, but my College pastor was showing me, said, don't grab that one. That one is raw. Grab this one. This one's deep fried. Grab this one. It's got shrimp in it. You know, the whole shebang. Well, as we are walking through it, I'm learning which ones to grab. But the reality is right now, we live in a culture where students are, have the conveyor belt of all of this content coming across their radar. And they are not at a spot where they have the tools to know what they can grab and what they shouldn't grab. They don't know what is appropriate and what is not appropriate? And y'all, do y'all, do y'all feel this amongst this generation? Maybe even if your kids, maybe your students are navigating this okay or they're working through it, here's the reality. Their friends probably are not. 
You may be the all-star parent amongst the friend group, and the other parents are letting them have free reigns. And so when you're not around, the conversations are being had about all these difficult, challenging, or even sinful things. And it's up to you to help you give you the tools to your kids to be able to navigate it in a good manner. And so tonight, we're going to walk through five different areas tonight. We're going to talk about apps. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about influencers. We're going to talk about gaming. And we're going to talk about movies. And I hope that you do not just feel like you fell asleep and me walking to those five things right there because I promise there's some good stuff ahead of us. I'm going to start with apps. There are three different categories, red, yellow, and green. Red means I would be very, very hesitant to allow your student to download and use these apps on their device. I am not a professional, but in my humble opinion, these are pitfalls, traps, and temptations for your student. The red list begins with Reddit. Reddit threads are all over and they are very, very full of, they're just full of very inappropriate things. And a lot of people who post stuff that do not love Jesus that rise to the top of the list of the most popular things on there. I, if you're not on Reddit, I don't think you should go get on Reddit right now, but I'm just saying this is a dangerous one. And if your student has it, I'm going to be honest, it is not one that I would want any of my kids to ever have a chance of being on their phone. Another one is TikTok. Um, TikTok is so popular right now. And what sets apart TikTok from other apps is that they're for you algorithm, which means if you get on your feed of any app that you have right now, it will give you an algorithm that knows that like that knows you will stay entertained and engage the longest. And this app has a for you algorithm that is unlike any of the other apps out there. They are trying to mimic and, and recreate what TikTok has done, but this app has become so addicting for so many of our students. And I'll be honest, it tracks facial recognition of how you're operating when you're watching the app. It checks and sees that kind of stuff. It is tracking across different apps, and it is throwing things in your student's face that are in line with very liberal agendas. And I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but if I were you, I would be very hesitant to allow my son or daughter to be on TikTok. I am just very hesitant about this app, TikTok, because of its algorithm that caters towards your students staying longer and longer on phones. And I'm not here to talk about phones for a long time tonight, but I just want you to know the average for every student right now in the U.S. for a student to be on their phone is about eight hours a day. Eight hours a day. And TikTok is one of the number one apps that they spend most of their time on during the day. The second one is Snapchat. I don't feel like I have to stay here very long. It is not an app that I would recommend. It's the whole gist of this app is about sending messages and having them delete quickly after where you can't trace it. That is a very bad recipe, all right? The last one I'll put on the red list is tick, or Twitter. And um, I, I personally, from an adult side of things, I, I love Twitter, big fan of it, but... Twitter has no restrictions on pornography by any, like by any means. And so if a student or somebody is wanting to access pornography, they're able to access, access this by just simply searching one item, and they can pull up all kinds of stuff. It's unrestricted. And so I, I don't think that that is healthy for a student to have access to any of that on their phone um, easily like that. And so in my red categories for popular apps. These are the four that rise to the top of the list. Under yellow, these are the ones that I would say you need to determine as a parent when is the appropriate time for you to allow them to use these apps. And some of you may say, I feel like every app should be in the red category. That may be true on some days. But here's the reality. At some point, 
your student is going to step out of the nest at 18 years old and enter into college. And it's your responsibility to help them to navigate the gradual responsibility of managing these things. And I believe that these four that I'm about to list here may be ones you can start considering in their journey through sophomore year, junior year, senior year, figuring out where that lands. And this is Again, I am not a mom or dad. I'm a young guy who just got married a month ago. So please do not act like I've got it solved. But this is what we talk about in our student ministry. This is what we advise our parents from our team as far as these four apps go here. The first one is Instagram. Second one is YouTube. Third one is Twitch. And the fourth one is Be Real. These uh, these four apps are ones that all have their own challenges too. They all they're not safe. They're not like they're you can't access evil or bad things on there. That's not what I'm saying by any means. I'm just saying these are ones that seem to be a little bit more gradual and have a little more restrictions in place that may allow you to be able to trust your student over time with these apps. And the last one I have is the green category, and you can see it already popped up there. But that is a, that is a joke. There are no safe apps. Okay, even our students download the Bible app and pretend like they're racking up usage on there, but they're just using it to text their friends without their parents knowing because there's a group chat mode on the Bible app. So I'm just telling you, every app has challenges. Even the game apps that they're downloading, the free apps on there, if you just download it and watch the ads that pop up, they are so inappropriate. They are sexualized left and right. And so, guys, I'm just challenging as mom and dads. When it comes to phones and devices, you have to decide when is the right time for them to get a phone. You also have to determine what goes on that phone in different seasons and stages. I just challenge you as mom and dads, please, please, please monitor this and talk to your students about this. If you're looking for ways to stay up to date on technology, what's out there, I would encourage you to go to axis.com, A-X-I-S. They've got some great resources on how to navigate today's platforms, apps, phones, technology, like all the kind of like restriction devices you can put on phones. Axis has got great content. I'm sure Cannon's got other options as well. He can give you all if you have any questions about that. All right, let's keep rolling. Second one is music. Music permeates our culture today. Every generation loves music, and my parents' generation usually, um, man, used to they used to rock with cassette tapes. I rocked with CDs that I burned off a of LimeWire. Anybody in the LimeWire crew? Yeah, I have computers that don't work anymore because of LimeWare, I think. They just shut down after that one. Um, But here's the deal. This generation has every song ever produced at their disposal at the end of a touchscreen. They can access every single album, artist, song, anytime they want. And students, this generation, love music. They love it. When they get in the car, the first thing they ask is, who is going to DJ tonight? Give me the ox cord, right? I love it. And um, I say that because if the only music you play is K-Love in 70s and 80s rock, your student may have a gap between you and them with the music selection. And so here's what I'm going to challenge for two things. Number one, I'm going to challenge Camden to make you guys a young, hip playlist that your students are liking and listening to that's clean, family-appropriate of today's music and share it with you guys. Can you all trust them for that? Is that okay? Because, yeah, yeah, how about that? Yeah, 
when you guys are cleaning the house or you are going on a road trip or you guys are working out, don't you want to be listening to some of the same music that your kids are into? That way when you get in the car, it's a party from beginning to end. You're not the only one singing the song. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Um, some of you guys are still trying to find out who Maverick City is, maybe, you know, a little bit, okay? Camden can hook you guys up with a good worship playlist, with a good fun playlist, with a good Christian rap playlist. I mean, whatever you want, Camden is a music connoisseur. If I know him, that is his sweet spot. He can hook you guys up. So, Camden, here's my challenge. I want you to make a couple playlists for these guys and send it out in your next parent email, whatever you got to these guys, and let them be set up, okay? The second thing is this. I think, it's a, I think it's important for you to stay plugged in and know what kind of music is dropping every single week. So here's what I want you to do. I want you, does anyone use Spotify? Yeah? Anybody use Apple Music? Anybody, anybody use Pandora? I need to have a conversation with the Pandora people because y'all need to swap to Apple Music or Spotify, okay? I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, I use Apple Music and every Friday is called New Music Friday. And what that means is every Friday, new music drops. That's the typical drop day to give the most time for billboard, tops, charts, all that kind of stuff. So Friday's the day that it drops. Normally around 2 o'clock in the morning, our time, is when the music hits. And so if you go on Apple's or Spotify's or Pandora's browse area, you can look on Fridays and see all the new music that has dropped. New albums, new top songs, new artists, all that stuff. And you can do it by genres as well. Here's what I'd recommend. If you want to stay up to date on today's music, you should, one, check out what the secular artists are listening to. Because I'm, whether your kid listens to it or not, they are going to school where all their friends are singing Cardi B, they're singing Kesha, and they're singing the new, um, I'm trying to think of another artist, Drake. You know, they're singing all the new stuff. And if you're going to tell your student that you don't listen to that music, you ought to know why you don't listen to that music. I'm not saying you should download the album and just blast it when you go work out. That's not what I'm asking, guys, okay? Hear me. I'm simply asking this. I believe it's important for mom and dad to stay educated on what students are being exposed to around them. And I'm asking you to just find a pathway on Fridays, maybe over the weekend, you and your spouse, before you're going to bed at night or before you're, when you wake up in the morning for a moment, say, hey, let's listen to what the top four songs are on the top charts right now, what people are listening to. So you can stay in the know of knowing what is popping off with this generation. The second thing is this. You can go into the Christian music genre, and you can find a list of all the new albums just this past weekend, there was a brand new House Fires album that dropped that I had no idea about, but I went on there and looked at it, and it was so good. We listened to it all day on Friday at the house. I'm a big fan. I encourage you, if you're looking for new worship music, go on there, and you will find all the new hits. It's an easy way for you to stay in the know on current music culture today. And I promise you, when you start bopping some new Surfaces album, because it dropped on Friday, and your kids are like, Mom, what are you doing listening to Surfaces today? You can be like, yeah, I'm cool, all right? Check it out. Hippity hop hop, okay? And then you'll, yeah, they don't say that. But you'll get it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying, okay? You will be the coolest mom or dad whenever you show up listening to music that they know as well. Now, they may not like their music after that very long, but for a little while, you'll be able to be connected there on that side. I really do challenge you. I think that music is, it just permeates our culture in so many ways. So to stay up to date on what cultures listen to, 
is helpful. I'm not saying listen to it for your entertainment. I'm just saying staying up today is key. But number two, building some good playlists for you and your family are going to go a long way, okay? As much as I love classic third day, no one in this generation is listening to them, okay? Unless your kids are. I'm not knocking. I'm just saying, like, but most people aren't listening to them. So I just want you to stay relevant with your students, connected to what they're listening to as well. The third thing, third thing today is um, influencers. Influencers. What I mean by an influencer is someone who um, has a lot of popularity, a lot of followers, and is a loud voice in culture. So I'm going to show you a couple of these, see if y'all can guess who these are. Here's the first one. Who is that? Mr. Beast, bravo. You guys are killing it. That was big. All right, okay. All right, here's our second one. It's not a, is it a Kardashian? I don't think it is, right? No, I don't think so. I was like, Charlie D'Amelio. Which one it is, I don't know. I'm not sure, okay? But it's one of those girls up there. Charlie D'Amelio. I can't tell you anything about her hardly at all. I just know all the girls know who she is, okay? And so if you're looking for an Instagram account to follow as a mom in the room to know what other girls are looking at or seeing, this is someone I would say is out there to look at. Um, another one is, do y'all know who this is? The Paul Brothers, yeah. A lot of baggage here. By no means is this an endorsement, okay? Um, by no means. But I will say this. These two guys have taken over the internet in 2022. Both of them have. Logan Paul is known for his new podcast where he brings in crazy people all the time on his podcast. He's known for an NFT scandal. He's known for being the WrestleMania champ. He just had a video went viral last night for jumping off the top ropes. It was insane. I'm just telling you guys, these guys are movers and shakers in the industry of YouTube and podcasts. These guys are in it. Another one is Dude Perfect, the only family-friendly content creators out there, I feel like, right? Sheesh, yes, they're amazing. They're awesome. We love them. Every video that drops, we're big fans. What about these two on the far right? I know it's a small photo. Can you tell what that is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the cutest couple on the world, uh, in the world, I guess. Uh, yeah, Tom Holland and Zendaya. That's Spider Man, the new Spider Man, and uh, well, I don't know what you would call her. Mary Jane, is that her name? Cool, yeah. There are tons. I could go through a long list of people, um, from people that I know that are huge influencers to people that are um, bad influencers, people that I think are family-friendly influencers, people that I disagree with, but I like their content because it's clean and appropriate, you know? Like, I can think through a lot of people out there. And here's my deal. I'm not trying to ask you to know all these people or to be able to spot them in a crowd at the mall. Okay, that's not what I'm asking. But I am requesting of you guys as parents to find out who are the influencers that your students talk about in their circles. Do you know? Can you name five big influencers that your students and their friends admire, follow, watch, on a regular basis. If you do, or if you can find that out, you need to subscribe or build an account and follow these people so you can stand the know of what your kids are being exposed to. I love Mr. Beast and his videos. I think they're so fun. He's got some videos out there that I would never recommend a student to watch. 
Mark Rober. I love Mark Rober's video. Y'all know Mark Rober? He makes all he this squirrel video and all kinds of stuff. I'm not here to bore you guys if you don't know what it is, but Mark Rober is a great guy. Brilliant. Worked at NASA. Worked at Apple. He's incredible. He is an atheist. And in his content, he's going to say that. I'm not against him because he's an atheist, but I'm saying I'm aware of that going into his content. I'm, I'm not, I really mean this, I'm not trying to make you feel like you are um, behind the, like the cue ball here on like not knowing this. I'm just encouraging you. You have got to dis- distinguish who the influencers are that your students are engaging with, following, watching on a regular basis, and you need to start tapping into some of that content as well on your own time so you can stay in the know of what your students are being exposed to. If you're going to help them to navigate through the minefield of the content and culture today, it's going to require you being educated about what they're walking into. You've got to be able to be educated and equipped to have the conversation with them. And we're going to talk more about this, this idea of explaining the why behind your content in a moment. But for now, I just want you to know and see that the content of these influencers is something you need to start tapping into on a regular basis. In high school, my dad took me to go see the movie Blade 3. Now, most parents in the room are like, that's a horrible idea from Jerry O'Hara, okay? Well, he took me to go see it. We got into the movie theater. I got my popcorn, my big Coke, you know, and we're sitting in the seats of the theater, and I'm not kidding. In the first two minutes, they have dropped so many cuss words. My dad looks at me and says, I am so sorry. Let's go. And we lived 45 minutes from the movie theater. We were like miling, you know. We were like deep, you know. So we, I'm walking out of the theater with my popcorn and my drink. We walk out to my dad's big Chevy. I get in the car, and 45 minutes later, I'm just chewing on this popcorn and drinking on my Coke. And I'll tell you that because here's the deal. I remember my dad physically saying no to content. He physically said, we are getting up and we're walking out. We just spent 20 bucks and he did not care. They can have the 20 bucks, we're leaving. My dad showed me how to walk away from content that was not appropriate. They showed me physically walking out of theaters by changing the radio station or by not renting certain DVDs at Blockbuster. Like, those were experiences that shaped my thinking on how I navigate today's culture and content. My parents created a list of no's, meaning we tried our best not to consume content that contains nudity, over-sexualized content, heavy language, or inappropriate comedy. Those were big no-no's for my family. And I learned how to filter through that content by seeing my parents do it throughout our whole house. Today, most of the content consumed happens from a personal device. Two feet from someone's face. And you don't have the luxury of sitting around the TV anymore on a Tuesday night where mom or dad would fast forward through certain parts of the movie because they could sense something was getting bad. You see, students now have to learn how to filter through that content when they're in their bedroom at 8 o'clock at night scrolling through their TikTok feed, and they don't have someone saying, ooh, that's not appropriate anymore. And they're doing this at a young age when they haven't built in the framework to know what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate. See, this isolated relationship that they have with the content on their phone, their iPad, their computer, 
has handicapped their filtering process from what we have all experienced growing up. Between ages 8 to 18, you have 10 years to teach your student how to filter through the content in a healthy way. And the bottom line is this, that when they exit into high school, they will have access, or they exit out of high school, they will have access to the entire world. You cannot let them go from 0 to 60 on graduation day. You've got to throttle them into it. Anybody out there like to go to the lake, beach lake? Y'all go there every once in a while? Or the Tennessee River? We grew up going there all the time. And we had a big boat, and we had the big tube, and we'd get on there, we would tube all day long. And I remember when my dad let me start driving after I got my boating license, I did not realize the idea of throttling into the tubing experience, right? And I just gunned it, and the people's hands, I think, just were still, they're still attached to the tube today, but their body was 50 feet behind them, right? Here's the deal. With students walking through the culture and content today, they are going to be embraced with a tidal wave of just worldly content when they leave your home. It's going to happen when they get to college, when they get in the workplace, when they leave mom and dad's roof. And your job today is to help them to get ready for that release so that they, that transition from you being a responsible parent, maintaining all they do, to them having full responsibility now, has got to be a good handoff. And that happens by mom and dads gradually teaching trusting and giving away responsibility to them to navigate today's culture and content so that when they do leave the home, it's done in a way where you feel good about it, where the training wheels are finally coming off on the journey there so that they're not just wrecked whenever they get out of your home. That's the goal. That's the hope by navigating this filtering process through what we talked about so far, apps, when we talk about music, when we talk about Influencers, this is what we're talking about. It's helping them to navigate the content right in front of them. The fourth one we're going to go to real quick is gaming. Whoa, yeah, fun. A lot of you guys, yeah, all right. Y'all, most parents think this is the bane to our existence from Gen Z and millennials' sake, all right? But here's the deal. Gaming has undoubtedly reshaped this world. And I'll tell you one of the video games that has changed it, and that is Fortnite. And I'll be honest, in 2019, I believe, when this game was popping off, it changed the landscape for gaming to where it was no longer just a place to go to escape the world. It became a destination for social hangouts. And students would get on Xbox, PS4, or PC, and they would hang out with their buddies every Friday night, and they would play for hours, getting their Victory Royale, and they would post a video like this on their Snapchat, their Instagram, or maybe their Facebook, their parents' Facebook maybe, okay, of their win playing Fortnite. And this changed the scene, but it didn't just change it there. It also changed it by this guy right here. This guy, his name is Booga. That's his gamer tag. He's 16 years old, and he competed in a World Cup in front of thousands of people all over the world. And this man won, out of every competitor there, he won $3 million at 16 years old playing a video game. 16 years old, $3 million in the bank. And this wasn't a guy who was, like, living in L.A. This was, like, a guy, like, in the sticks of 
you know, Jackson, Tennessee. Like, this is like where it was. He was just like chilling, playing video games at his house. He was invited to this World Cup and won $3 million overnight. And video games became much more than just a escape or a hobby, but it became a place to interact socially with your friends and it became a career for a lot of these people. And I'll be honest, a lot of this generation loves to play video games. There's six ways you can game today. You got PC, you've got Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, that kind of world over there, handhelds, virtual reality, and then iOS, which happens on your phones or like your um, like your just your devices, iPads, that kind of stuff. I'm not going to spend a long time on gaming because I can feel y'all's eyes looking at me like, why are we talking about gaming? Um, but here's the deal. The gaming community is a very real thing. And I remember whenever I was in, um, when I was in the student pastor role, I was playing Xbox with different students of ours or different leaders of ours every once in a while. And two of the guys I played with is a guy named Austin and Garrett. I knew Garrett from our student ministry. I didn't know Austin, but I met him through Garrett, who also went to our church. And we played Xbox on a regular basis, playing Fortnite when it first came out. We were having fun with the guys, hanging out. We played with some students every once in a while. It was fun. Now, we don't, we don't play Fortnite anymore, but you know what we do? We go spearfishing together twice a year. Austin was in my wedding this past year. The guy that I met playing Xbox was in my wedding just a few months ago, or a month ago. This is so much more than just a spot a student goes to in their bedroom to play Xbox. It really has become a social interaction. And I, I was watching a podcast from Robbie Gallaty. Y'all know Robbie Gallaty over at Long Hall? He was talking about how do you disciple through video games, which feels like that is, sounds so foreign to me, but he talks about how he went and got him an Xbox or a PS4, something like that. He got one for his kids because they love to play, and now he will spend maybe an hour or two hours in a week playing Xbox, some kind of sports game or a shooter game with his kids, even though he's hot trash at the game, but because he goes to where he wants to meet his kids where they're at and hang out with them. And so I'm not asking you to, again, I'm, I've said I'm not asking you a lot of things. I'm not asking you to go get a video game console and play. I'm not by any means. I'm just wanting you to know this generation loves to play video games. They love it. And whether we love it or hate it or whether you are a fan of it or not, this is going to be something that is, for some families in the room, this is going to be a big part of what your student loves to do. And so for you to get on one night and play for two hours or an hour or 30 minutes with your kid is going to go a long way with building camaraderie, with putting in capital in that relationship with your kids because it shows, hey, I'm invested in what you're interested in. Has anybody played a video game with their kid at all? Anybody? Y'all have, right? Are you, are you real bad at the game or y'all good? Terrible at that one, yeah. Good at the sports ones, yeah. So for a little while, you can still beat them probably, okay? Just wait. They're going to surpass you, though. I want you to know that. I want you to be ready. He will, yeah. It really is. I don't know. Have y'all seen benefit in connecting with your kids on the gaming side of things? I, I'm not, I'm, my dad was terrible. He was horrible at it. He tried to play Halo with me back in the day, and it was horrible. And we tried to play the campaign together, and I was like, Dad, he's like looking up at the air like this. I'm like, Dad, I'm like, come on, man. 
But we had we played, man, and it was so fun. I'll never forget my dad, my sister, and my mom and me playing Halo four-way on the TV growing up. It sounds so cheeseball. I feel like a nerd telling, don't tell anybody, okay? We had so much fun. It, it really meant a lot from my dad and my mom to be a part of that with me. So I'm just telling y'all to meet them on that side. The last, I will say one thing with gaming. Y'all, please be aware of the content that they're playing and be a part of. If you're not sure, you can go to commonsensemedia.org. You can see video games. It gives you a layout of what they got going on. That's commonsensemedia.com, maybe not .org. .com, I think, um, but it's got good stuff on there. If they're playing VR, I would be very careful. There's a lot of virtual chat rooms in there with their friends, and it, there's just no, you can't filter it because it's live content right there on the spot. If they're playing iOS games, I think ads can be very dangerous. I'm just guarded against that, so just be careful about the content there. Um, Xbox, I mean, if they're playing Call of Duty right now, Warzone, there's a thing called proximity chat where you can turn it on or off, but um, if, I'm a, if I'm a middle school student, I would be very cautious of them having any access to proximity chat on Call of Duty right now. It's just people are just mean. I mean, you're talking about 30-year-old people on the Xbox who are unfiltered, unbelievers, talking trash next to your kid while they're playing a game. Like, I just, I'd be careful. So if you would like more insight on that, I can talk more about it later, but I don't want to bore everyone with the details there. So, all right, um, let's keep rolling. Last one I'm going to go to real quick, and they'll open up to some questions real quick. Um, last one is T. V. And so I'm going to go fast here because I don't want to spend a long time. Here's the deal. Your students are, are they're, let me go back. Today's students, not just yours, today's students are being exposed to a lot of very mature content. You can barely go on Netflix and find something that's appropriate. Me and Reba were going to watch a new movie last night. And it was called You People. It just came out on Netflix. And we put it on the first 30 seconds. We were appalled. We turned the whole thing off. We're like, we can't watch this. This is so bad. And normally that doesn't happen because we normally go to IMDb and look at the parental guidance. Y'all have seen that before? Y'all know where that's at? It is gold. It tells you all the stuff in there. I, I would highly recommend it, checking out your stuff. If it's rated R or PG-13 even, check it out and know why it is that way. But I'm telling you, these students today are watching shows like Euphoria and Squid Game. And the list goes on of things that are so inappropriate. So inappropriate. Especially for just a student to be seeing at middle school or high school years, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you as guys, as mom and dads, to please know what your kids are watching, but also be aware of what their friends are talking about when they leave your house. Because you may not allow them to watch Squid Game, but they may be at school with someone else who is. And if their friend starts talking about how much they love this show and it's so much fun, and then your kid comes, or your student comes home and says, but why can't I watch this? You have got to be able to tell them why they can't. If you just say, we don't watch that because it's a bad show, that doesn't give them real reasons or real knowledge of knowing how to filter through content. They just know that it's bad. That's all it is. My mom and dad didn't let me watch Harry Potter growing up because Caleb said that you shouldn't watch Harry Potter. I'm serious. And I remember going through all of my high school years, I remember I was at, my, I was at a barber shop getting a haircut. And they had Harry Potter on the screen. And I was like, I can't watch this. I can't. I was like, that's how I felt. Like I was nervous if my mom and dad were going to walk in and be like, what are you doing, son? You know? I got to be 18 years old. And confession, I watched all the Harry Potters back to back. Okay? And well, they were good. Okay? I enjoyed them. They were fun. Okay? I was at lunch with my pastor, Brother Steve, this last week. And he was like, Harry Potter, you should not watch it. And I was like, you're right, sir. That's such a bad show. I hate that show. You know? But I'm telling you that I didn't watch Harry Potter simply because my mom and dad said not to watch it. 
And if I were to ask my mom and dad, why don't we watch Harry Potter, I bet they could not have given me a good answer besides Caleb told us not to do it. Okay? And I'm, my mom and dad are incredible. I, I'm thankful for all their parenting ways they did everything. But I'm saying right now, I think students deserve to know the content that you were saying no to. It would have been helpful for my dad to say, hey, son, we are not going to watch Blade 3 because it uses profanity 143 times. And we don't, wanna, we don't want to put that into our heart because we know that when we hear that over and over, we become desensitized to it and it no longer has its effect anymore. Hey, Corey, we're not going to watch um, Euphoria because they mix so many things about drugs and alcohol and sexual things in the show at such an early age of teenage stuff. It is so inappropriate, Corey. And to be honest, it is just wicked in the content. Let me take you through IMDb, Corey. Let me show you what it says in some of these things. Let me show you why we don't watch it. Oh, my goodness, Mom, that's, that's disgusting. That's so bad. Yeah. Hey, we're not going to go see the new Lightyear film, not because you can't handle seeing Lightyear, not because it's not going to be a fine movie to see, but we're not going to go see it because this, Corey, we want to send to Disney a message that, hey, we don't support the LGBT movement that's going through this stuff, and we're just going to not give them our money on that side. Okay, Corey? And I'd be like, okay, I get why. I'm not just saying no to a movie. I'm saying no with the why and the how of filtering through the content. And this is really the heartbeat of all these five topics we talked about, from apps to music to influencers to gaming and to movies and TV. The whole goal is for people to say, what am I going to say no to? What are the no's for me? And why are they no? Why do I not watch these things? Why do I not consume this? When I went to the Philippines for a two-month summer backpacking trip as a missionary. We were playing basketball every day, sharing the gospel. And I'm going to be honest, it, it was the hardest summer of my life. I think, that, I think this is what I felt like, um, you know, like Bible days feels like. You're walking around with your backpack. You got a stick probably, I don't know, making sure you're walking okay. You go to get a shower. You don't have a real shower. You have to go to a well and get a bucket and pour it on your head, and then you take some soap, and that's your bath for the day. Like, it was just hard. You're cooking things over the fire, you know, making a fire with sticks and stones. It was so difficult. The hardest two months of my life. And I remember in the middle of that summer, I had, I had five changes of clothes. And I just finished playing basketball. It was hot one night. We went to the well, and I put my clothes on the well, and I got the bucket bath out, did my deal, changed clothes, put my dirty clothes on the well, got all dressed, everything like that. And I went to grab them, and I couldn't find my underwear that was with me that I brought to the well. And I'm looking around with my flashlight. I got that lamp on my head, and I'm looking around. can't find it. I look over the well, and it's on top of the water in the well, floating. And I'm like, oh, boys, you know, with the crew, they're like, what? And I'm like, hey, man, I need y'all's help getting my dirty underwear out of the well, you know. And so we've got the bucket, and we're trying to get it, and that's not helping. It's just pushing it further, and we don't know how to fish with a bucket. We, didn't tra- we weren't trained in Memphis for that. So we did our best, and slowly but surely, the underoos start floating lower and lower and lower and so much so you can't see it anymore. It's at the bottom of the well. We don't know where they're at anymore, but it's, it's down there. And my friend said, there's no way we're ever coming back to this well to get a bucket bath ever again. 
because your nasty drawers are at the bottom of the well. And the reality is that if we pulled that up, it was going to have contamination in it. And for you as parents, you are trying to communicate to your son and daughter what you deposit into your heart, what you deposit into the well of your heart is going to come out in what you say, what you think, what you do, we based on what has contaminated the walls of your heart. And your goal is to keep it pure and holy before the Lord so what comes out will be pure and holy before the Lord as well. That's the goal. I am, again, not the professional. I'm not a practicing parent. And so I tell you I'm inadequate in what I tell you. I'm saying this, though. I partner with mom and dads every single week. I partner with some incredible mom and dads who help us build out the framework for how we are raising up and navigating our students through the culture and content today. And the job of youth pastors like myself and Camden are to prop up mom and dads and to partner with you in the content and the culture that we're building in our church. But I'm telling you right now, when they leave our four walls and they go to yours, I hope, number one, that you are helping them to navigate that content and culture every single week. And then when they leave your home, they're about to enter a world of content and culture that can be dangerous and harmful to your students. The best thing you can do for them is to continue discipling them with the tools they need to navigate this culture in a healthy way so they can filter through what is biblical what is honoring, what is fun, what is good, what is clean, and what is going to give God glory at the end of the day. That's where you're trying to get to. That's where you're trying to lead them. So that's my snapshot of those four out there. I got three questions that I want to turn to real quick, and then um, I'm going to hand it over to Camden after this, okay? So the, oh, sorry, never mind, (laughs) sorry. Uh, Yeah, all right, cool. Um, Oh, wait, before I go to the questions, last thing I want you to do. If you're a parent who wants to stay up to date on constant culture and content of today, the best resource I can tell you about is the Culture Translator from Axis. If you will type in on axis.com or type in the Culture Translator and put Axis at the end into Google, I'm telling you right now, you will find an opportunity to subscribe to a newsletter that comes out every week And I don't read my emails every week, y'all. I don't. Now, there's a lot of them that go to the delete box. But this is an email I read every single week. I'm just begging you to trust me on this one. Subscribe to their newsletter, and it will send you really relevant content in a filtered Christian mindset that's not cheesy or hoaxy. It is really good content. They don't hold back, but they give it to mom and dads exactly what's going on in culture. It is so good. It's one of the best resources that I use to stay up to date on content today. It's the Culture Translator with Axis.com. I think it's com, maybe, or I can't remember. .org. I apologize. Thank you, Camden. The Culture Translator at Axis.org. You can subscribe. They don't blow you up with a bunch of emails. It's once a week, and it is gold.